What's up, class? This is Optimus Fields at My Living Truth, and we're back for another episode. Uh, we are currently at block height 675099 and the current price is $59,200. Ooh, there he is. Oh, man. So, yeah, if you guys uh, aren't aware, this is just the, the St. Paddy's Day Teacher's Lounge. We decided to just bring the crew in, have a couple drinks, talk about Bitcoin. So, Nick, what's up? Jester, what's up? And everyone else, what's up, guys? How you doing? Yeah, Hello. this is also a good day because uh, if you didn't see on Twitter, we announced that we had a partnership slash sponsorship with CoinBeast Media a good uh, Bitcoin-only company that their uh, vision with what they're trying to do is pretty in line with ours. And uh, their CEO reached out to us with our buddy uh, Dennis, and uh, we striked a, a deal. And uh, they're going to be having their pros come on in the future. And their pros are experts in certain uh, areas of Bitcoin. For example, Denver Bitcoin is going to be our uh, the first pro on in on the 31st of this month and he's going to talk about the uh the the topic might change but right now we're talking about having him come on and talk about the uh the energy fud that's been going around and just debunk it and uh yeah i'm looking forward to that yeah i'm super excited for denver to come on that's going to be tight and shout out to uh coinbees shout out to dennis uh yeah they're the fam so Let's go. Um, Let's go. Yeah, Jester, you want to say some words? I, I know you're a little lubed up already, so uh, maybe you can show <laughs> them some love. <laughs> yeah, happy St. Patty's, everyone. Uh, but yeah, it's been a crazy week. Um, I, I am definitely excited about the, the partnership with, uh, with CoinBeast. I think just uh, kind of combining the, the edu educational content that, that we're good at with like all of Bitcoin culture. I, I think it'll work out super well. Um, and what a crazy week of news. And we're, we're starting to get, uh, or at least I'm, I'm starting to get some like regular uh, new coiner questions, which are always fun to go through. So I'm looking forward to going through that with all of you. Yeah. And, and tonight, I think we're just going to start with the questions that we got. And then towards the end, we'll uh, go into all of the news stories we have. So... Jester, do you want to introduce these, or you just want me to read them off? Because they basically all came through you. Uh, sure. Yeah the the first one we got was, uh, let's see, a question that that I've run into before, and I've got like my own thoughts on it. But um, I'm really curious to hear what you all have to say about this. But the first one is, when should you transfer your funds from an exchange to a hot wallet, or from a hot wallet to cold storage. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think we went over this a couple episodes ago, but since I can't remember the exact episode, we'll, we'll just rehash it. Um, personally, I, I like to think of it 
as um you know you don't you don't really want a lot of small utxos going to your hot wallets and stuff but you also don't want to leave your coin on exchanges for too long so it's kind of a fine balance uh i think it depends on on the person and i i usually just recommend people like you know this is usually for new coiners too it's like stack a certain amount of bitcoin and then once you start feeling uncomfortable with the amount of bitcoin you have on the exchange then you should withdraw it into whatever you want a hot wallet you know like a phone wallet or if you're more advanced a, a cold wallet so that's usually what i say i know that's probably not the the best heuristic because uh you know what's what's considered money to people and we we like to tell people to take their coin off exchanges as quickly as possible but i i kind of feel sometimes that that's like a a bitcoin heuristic like once you're a bitcoiner then you're like i don't want anything on an exchange for too long but for new people you still kind of have to baby step them and be like okay like here's here's what a wallet is you know this is what you do and and you kind of have to show them the way so I, I just kind of tell people, you know, once it gets to a couple hundred bucks, you know, maybe a thousand bucks here, whatever, whatever's a lot of money to you, whatever makes you uncomfortable, then then withdraw to a wallet. But what what is your guys thoughts? Nick, what do you tell people? Um, I'm, I'm one of those people that's afraid to have any Bitcoin on exchanges. I'm, I actually just pulled up Wasabi and I'm taking some Bitcoin off Cash App right now. But um. Yeah, it if you have like under a hundred bucks or like fifty to a hundred bucks, like it's fine if you're not urgent about getting that off. But definitely don't be having hundreds of dollars on it and like thousands of dollars on it, especially some exchanges like Cash App. If you buy too much, they well not even if you buy too much, they automatically have withdrawal limits. And I know some people like Ayi and American HODL, they have a shit ton of Bitcoin. Well, I don't know if Ayi does. I think he does. I think he's tweeted about it before, but I know some people have a ton of Bitcoin on their Cash App, and it's going to take them months to get it off. So definitely gradually take it out, like as soon as you start buying. Actually, Wayne just I... uh, added in the chat just uh, like a, a, a good point saying that. You know, we should maybe explain what a hot wallet or cold storage is. And I know you threw out UTXO, so that, that might be a good one to explain also. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get that. Let let Jim chime in, and, and then we'll we'll cover that. Oh, so it's not something I thought of, but um, the idea that you want to think about your Satoshis as what they're going to be worth. So even if it's 50 or 100 bucks now, you got to kind of think about that as, you know, a thousand or five thousand or fifty thousand. And so um, whatever tolerance you have for, you know, accepting the loss of those Satoshis by, because you left them up there, that's how high you should go. Um, but um, what Nick said, at least with Cash App, is correct. If you get too high of a balance and they restrict how much you can take out, it can take a while to get it off the exchange. So you do got to keep up on it. So you get to a balance where you say, you know what, that's enough. Let me take it. Uh, and you're going to have to do the trade-off between the amount of UTXOs, which are unspent transaction outputs, for those who need to know. Uh, and you guys can get deeper in on that. But yeah, creating a lot of them isn't ideal, but leaving your coins on an exchange is less ideal. So I think the trade-off is 
you know, produce more UTXOs over leaving it on exchange longer. That's my opinion. Wisdom. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll 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 teach we'll teach our young Padawans what UTXO is. Uh, Jim Jim basically just said what it was: unspent transaction output. But essentially, that's what your quote unquote bitcoins are. If you have a wallet, that's that's what your bitcoins will be. But uh, they're the individual um, outputs that that you guess think are your bitcoins. But uh, on the network level, I mean to elaborate. Yeah, elaborate. I, I mean, yeah. Shoot it, Jim. Okay. So when you receive Bitcoin, um, it become it, it it lands um, in your wallet at an address, and it is now unspent as far as you're concerned. It's spent from the other guy when he whoever sent it to you, when they were holding it, it was unspent, but in their possession. As soon as it moves to you, it's a new unspent transaction only it's attributable to you and so what the network is keeping track of is who is holding the bitcoin at any moment and wherever they sit at any moment they are unspent for that position where they are within the network and everybody every node has a copy of where every bitcoin sits and that's what they're basically keeping track of is the last transfer of bitcoin from 10 minutes ago okay what moved where Okay, that's the update. Good. All right, now that's where all the unspent Bitcoin is currently. Another 10 minutes block comes in. Okay, what changed? Okay, they moved. These ones moved and all the rest stayed where they were. Okay, fine. This is our update. Move that one's over here. This is the new set of unspent transactions for the entire network. And everybody agrees every 10 minutes. How's that sound? To some of you guys who Beautiful. understand them already, tell me if that made sense. That made perfect sense. I think you elaborate on it perfectly. Thank you. See, that's why we got Jim. Jim's uh, Jim's able to elaborate on the technical stuff in the layman's terms, while uh, we'll still elaborate, and it sounds a little clunky and complicated. <laughs> um, uh, what was the next one, Jester? Hot wallet, cold wallet. Hot wallet, cold wallet. Yeah. So, hot wallet is just a wallet that's uh, touching the internet, and cold wallet is is a wallet that's that's off the internet. Is doing so it would be like a, a hardware wallet you'd call a cold wallet and uh like a paper wallet uh yeah i think some hardware wallets though can still technically be hot wallets but if you if you do hardware wallets like a like cold card that's that's a cold wallet doesn't touch the internet if you do it correctly uh we have the electrum diy wallet that you did just for People can go check that out. That's how to do a cold wallet. Uh, hot wallets is just basically like your cell phone wallet. Um, maybe like a desktop web wallet. Um, those those wallets that are webs, like webs uh, website wallets that we would not recommend you using. But yeah, those Christopher are... is a lightning uh, is a lightning Ooh, channel like a hot wallet. That's is a it, good Is it question. like that or is it a variation of it or is it Lightning, I mean I know it's kind of like hot, right? Lightning's a hot wallet. Funds are always, yeah, it's a hot wallet, right? Yeah. That's my understanding. I mean, yeah, so it's it's definitely internet connected. Right. Um and then let's see, so you can store a balance on like the node's wallet. So and that would be a pure hot wallet. However, the the funds that you have locked up in channels 
and I'm I'm just saying locked up, but they're actually more liquid. So they're the funds that are in channels are actually part of a multi-sig. So like you will have higher security, but yet it's still connected to the internet. So aren't I, they changing constantly? Nuanced. Those multi-sigs are constantly updating as channel balances are changing, correct? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and and so so that's kind of what makes it hot through. because it's it's like always available, talking to the internet. It can just change on a dime when it gets the right signal through the network, right? Versus cold hardware wallet where you gotta either plug it into the network or talk to the network some way. But when it's offline, it's completely just offline. It cannot be connected to at all, right? Isn't that more or less like sort of the difference? Yeah, I think like generally it's it's more talking about just the attack surface. So like if you have a wallet that has never touched the internet, like that's that's an ice cold wallet. You know, it's uh you have a very small attack surface where you would have to essentially just guess at numbers in order to like find the private key, which I think most of us know is basically impossible like within our lifetimes or maybe even the, the universe's lifetime. So, uh, but as soon as you have a hot wallet, then you have a larger attack surface. So I could maybe find a way to connect to your, to your wallet and maybe, uh, mess around with the code of your wallet to see if I can find a secret way to, to spend those Bitcoin. So like there's, there's more things to attack other than just a random number out of, you know, a massive set. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Hey, yeah, how about this, uh, Jessica, maybe, or anybody else that might know this. If you plug in a hardware wallet to, let's say, to check a balance or just even use it, you use use it over the internet, even if you're using it through your own node, is it hot when it's plugged in, even though when it's unplugged, it's completely offline? Versus a cold card, which never really touches the internet directly because it uses the SD card and switches across, you know, like air gap. Um, is your call is your cold hardware wallet hot when you use it online to you know for any reason anybody know um i'm not sure on the technicalities yeah because yeah, it's still cold sorry to cut you off no shoot it abysmal um so the keys are stored on a hardware wallet in a secure element which isn't like reachable by um certain processes within like your computer so it's essentially like not being connected to the internet, if I understand correctly. And is a hot wallet uh, where the keys are not on a secure element and therefore are more vulnerable, you know, because Correct. of that, they... that separation. Okay, cool. That's good to know. I, I've heard about the secure element, like, you know, I kind of understand. But I, in this context, I couldn't visualize the difference. That's a good way to describe the difference, though. Uh, so thank you for yeah. that. No problem. So, sorry to chime in to add to it, but they're in the cold card. They give you those uh, SD cards, so you can always leave it completely air gapped, right? So yeah, there's a reason for that because there's in extreme cases it's very useful. Obviously, that's part of the reason they made it that way. So there's no way, even though they have the secure element, you can also know that there's nobody on the internet looking at it because it never, you can't even, it's never even plugged into the internet. So it's one more step removed, but. What Nabismo just said about your hardware wallet having a um, secure element so that when you're plugged into the internet, the internet still can't see it or touch it or do anything to it. 
as long as that's actually true, then it's as if it's not really there. And so you're not really a hot wallet in the pure sense of what a hot wallet is, I suppose. At least that's how I'm taking it. And I'm no expert in this area at all. Yeah, I mean, with cold card, when you use like the PBST option, uh, it PSBT. Yeah, PSBT. Exactly. I, I knew I said <laughs> that wrong. Um, partially signed Bitcoin transaction. Like you don't even plug in the cold card into the computer, so you'll you'll never even get those keys touching the internet. So definitely recommend right. PSBT. If you're advanced enough, I don't, I don't know if Granny could do PSBT yet, but we'll we'll probably get him there one day. Her, him. <laughs> Got to be politically correct now. <laughs> <laughs> Granny could be wearing, you know, them. They them. They them. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, uh, let's see what what else we got over here. So next question we got, does it make sense to start mining Bitcoin? Uh, we don't have any of our mining friends in here today, but I think, I think the common heuristic is if you're just getting into Bitcoin, you're probably better off just buying some Bitcoin. However, that's possible for you. But once you start going down the rabbit hole, if you want to start learning or if you're able to, I guess, eat the cost up front, then it can be profitable for you to mine some Bitcoin. It's a good way of getting some uh, non-KYC Bitcoins. But I don't know. I mean, mining's become super competitive, so you, you'd have to know what you're doing or else you can basically get yourself into a money trap. At least that, that's how I'd consider it for most people. Start yeah. learning and documenting it. Somebody gave me a miner, and uh, I don't really know what I'm doing. I haven't had time <laughs> to set it up yet, but uh, I will be doing that just specifically for KYC coin. Like, I don't have cheap electricity at all. It's just a hobby thing, really. But I should document that and help people get started with possibly doing that if they want to do the same thing, just to have the option to make KYC coin, because it's definitely not like a get-rich quick thing as a lot of people think yeah i think most people are just better off buying bitcoin straight up and um Absolutely. i i can't speak for miners because i i don't know how it works like the whole process behind it and like making profit and stuff but um like my suggestion would just be like if you're super interested in mining Hit up, you know, Nico at BitVolt7 on Twitter. Hit up Denver Bitcoin on Twitter. Hit up Ronan Node on Twitter. They could help you out. But um, most people are just better off just buying straight up Bitcoin. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we said we'll get Denver on. So I guess maybe that question will come up. We'll, we'll try to remember that for you guys so that uh, we can get a, an actual person in the space tell us what, what he thinks. Ultimately, there's... Oh, go ahead. Uh, hi. Well, um, hi, everyone. I'm quite new, but yeah, I'm, I'm in the mining sector, and so maybe I can help in this. Um, I think that if you start right now to mine, and you start in, not in... Uh, uh, so so you, you can't any anymore mine, do mining from home, in a, in home environment or in a small-scale small environment. Because uh, it has become too much competitive. 
So the the only way to do profitable mining uh, is uh, in um, doing a bit a bit of scale and uh, in uh, places where you have cheap electricity. That's the only way right now. Beautiful, Jack. Beautiful. Actually, can I? Yeah, actually, that's guys. A, I have a little quick back. Um, a Denver Bitcoin was talking about heating his house, and a couple of people have had success with like cost savings on electricity by using the Bitcoin miner to heat their house as well. So there's like a dual use. So that's something to think about. Yeah. Yes, I, I'm I'm into a similar project in uh, in Sweden to heat up the Stockholm. The which is like the capital of Sweden. Let's so go. basically, it's a, it's yeah. a project of a, a mining container that it's link, will be linked to the district heating. So it will warm up the water, and then the water goes in circle in uh, in the city to it it ups the homes. Oh wow! Sorry, I'm not a native English. So no, it's all right. It's it's you all right. That. It yeah, sounds, it sounds like a good project. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Damn. Hey, uh, yeah, so yeah, let me. It's, it's can I just elaborate on what these guys just said? Shit, Ultimately, yeah. there's a there's a there's a trade off of all these different things. So, um, what Jack just said about mining at home for example so in most places the electricity is going to be too expensive to mine profitably at home versus taking the same amount of money you'd spend for electricity and just buying bitcoin outright the difference being you get kyc bitcoin at home which might be worth the premium you'll pay so that's a subjective valuation you have to decide is it worth it maybe it's worth spending the extra electricity to get the bitcoin non-kyc and it's the same thing with any other variable um, trying to find the cheapest electricity or trying to use the heat for some other thing is another value that you have to factor into your decision of whether or not you want to mine the Bitcoin. Just the learning curve uh, uh, of learning how to set it up and diagnose problems and, and whatever it might be, join a mining pool, whatever. And uh, all of that this is a whole learning curve. So that's a, that's a cost in a sense. You have to decide if you want to bear that cost and are you going to make it back at least in some value that you think it's worth using your time in that direction. So it's a very big cost calculation versus just getting on some exchange wherever you're allowed to buy Bitcoin and just buy some, right? And now you just own it. So for most people, that is going to be the best choice. Some Excuse pushback, me? Jim, is that it's sure. really actually really easy to set it up. And I wouldn't I wouldn't say that that's the biggest issue with easy it. Is a, hey, wait, really easy is. is a relative term. Um, easy for you is not what easy for a lot of people. And it's, it takes a, it, there's some learning. And not everybody is going to either be capable to learn it I well agree. or want to learn it. But it might be very easy. And if you were to say, why don't you bring a course up here one night and show us all how easy it is in one hour. Well, it's really not difficult to set up. I think what's difficult is the noise in a household, you know, or a small little operation. I think that's like your biggest concern yeah. because plugging sure, it that's... in and getting into the mining pool is easier than dealing with like hardware wallets and like stuff like that, in my opinion. Okay. My See, I don't even know any of that and, and I'll, I'll take yeah. your word for it since I really don't know that. But just like you said, you have a noise issue. So now you got to factor yeah, that in. Huge noise I really issue. want to be a miner. Yeah, exactly. And people find Probably all not. kinds of creative ways to make, <laughs> to mitigate that noise 
or they put it in places where the noise is irrelevant and no one's going to complain or whatever. But for most people in their homes, that is definitely an issue unless you can quiet it or stick it in a basement or garage and then pump the heat into where you need it or something. So yeah, there's a lot of issues. If you're going to go mining Bitcoin, you got to think of a lot of stuff. My mom kicked me out back in the day. <laughs> She's like, you're noisy. And I'm like, it's more important for me to mine. It's more important for me to mine than to live here. So bye. <laughs> oh, so you mine too. So that's good. So you do have way more knowledge about this. Thanks. For, I, thanks. For yeah. I don't, in. I don't mind. I don't mind directly in my, in my vicinity right now, but yeah, but yeah, you know how to do it. I've never set up a miner, nor has most of the guys here probably. So, do well, it. I'm not going to do it. No, because you know, here's yeah, another thing. I, I can confirm it's easy. It's easy to do it. It's okay. But stuff. so here's another thing right now. Not only is it not easy to get a miner right now, you're going to pay a lot of money for them because they're in high demand. Now, had you been yeah, smart and bought them two years ago for like next to nothing when they were being given away right now, even the crappiest S9 miners are profitable and people got them plugged back in. And I know people, we all do, that bought some of these and they're whizzing away, making their money every every day. And it costs them next to nothing because they bought them at a time when they were really cheap. Try to buy them now. You can't even get them. So yep. it's, a, you know, this is all, all out of trade-offs. You want to get into this mining right now? If whoever asked that question, good luck. You're going to have to really want it bad because it's not going to be easy. And it's not going to be cheap. And you got to know that you're going to like make that decision. Do I need to be profitable or I just want KYC green, green Bitcoin? That's really about all you're going to get out of this is like you, you want Bitcoin and it's going to come KYC free, but at what cost? So uh, that's it, you know, and some people it's worth it. Lots of people are doing it all over the world. And if you have enough money, you can make it work, maybe. Can I just add a little bit uh, from Austrian perspective? Yeah, we all know Austrian economics and they say that value is subjective. So yeah. even if we're talking about losing a lot of money for some people, the idea of mining Bitcoin is already enjoyable. Like, you know that you make the network more decentralized. You don't care if it costs you 100 or $1,000 a day because you sleep with this nice feeling that I'm actually, you know, doing good for the world and for the future of generations. So uh, that's another point of view. Yeah. Yeah, that that factors in. Like again, you could decide that you don't have to make a dime and just be a just that, you know, just want to help the network and you can afford it and you just turn on a miner and yep. So uh yeah, it can go all the way to that. Uh or all the way to the other end. You want to be as profitable as possible and everything in between. So there's a lot of great arguments to do it. I've thought about it many times and I've still never done it. You know, I, I got a million things going on in my life, so I just uh I feel like unless I can devote a good amount of time and do it right uh, in many different ways, um, figuring out all those things before I even start, you know, if I do it, what's it going to cost? If I do Plug it, how am I going to deal with the noise? Plug <laughs> <one in. laughs> I got to get one first and I, I don't, I don't want to spend money on that. I'd rather just go buy Bitcoin with like five grand. If I'm gonna, get a free one, you know, get one of those old, get one of those old miners, man. And just plug one. Are in any of them free? You want to send me one for free? I'll take it. I, I think it depends. Uh, I, I, know, I know some people okay. were getting them free a couple months back because yep. people yeah. were just like tired of it. I don't know about anymore. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Ronan anymore. tells us no. You know, yeah. you, met, you brought up Ronan Node before. We talked to him every Friday and he says no. Yeah. Jim, once you hear the noise, it'll seem like music to you, though, because like it's like uh, our new, <laughs> me, our new orange not friend. my neighbors. <laughs> yeah. You know what they say about neighbors, right? What? Uh, 
I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. I was hoping you guys knew. <laughs> uh, man, that's uh, funny. One, one additional piece that uh, came up in my conversation with my new Quinter friend was uh, was was that uh, you can actually get electricity at different prices like throughout the day. Uh, so, so like one thing that some miners do might be take advantage of like time of use pricing, which like, I mean, here where mm -hmm. I am, like you can get like two cents per kilowatt hour, like electricity in the middle of the night. But like during the day, you're going to pay a way higher rate, you know, maybe like 17 or something if you're on time of use pricing. So you can actually, uh, you know, work with a utility company to, to change like that, that rate schedule that, that you're on to like take advantage of, of some of those uh, opportunities that, that you might have just based on, you know, what everybody else is using on the grid. One more factor to consider. <laughs> and all he wants to do is just plug one in. Forget all that other crap. <laughs> Yeah. yeah now we got him now i got him yeah <laughs> i mean i i think the moral of the story is like it, it it's a bit of subjective value you know on a long enough time scale your bitcoins will be profitable but the idea is is can you hold out without having to sell your bitcoins and and that entails a a, a lot more knowledge than just like necessarily you know buying one and plugging one in unless you kind of have just dumb money then by all means go buy them but i'm guessing just first friend is just an average pleb and he's looking to to maximize his bang for his buck so he's an exceptional pleb <laughs> <laughs> but yeah definitely i mean like if if you are ideologically aligned to want to mine then by all means don't let anyone discourage you to not mine just uh take into account your your own personal situation and like we said there's a lot of our friends on twitter that will will uh you know slide in their dms and and you can basically pick pick the brains of the best people in the space and you never know maybe uh get into business with them so you know if you really want to mine then then do it and uh like she she's saying plug one in and you know sec secure the bitcoin network and and let's see this hash rate continue to go up all right let's see um i think this next two questions we might combine them so this first one um this this was kind of coming out of me and Jester nick were in here talking and uh, I forget what the tweet was that sparked this, but the question is, is Bitcoin volatile or is everything else volatile? And then to tack it on, I think it'd be a good conversation piece on top of it is uh, I think Jester brought it up, but he asked, are, are you guys seeing inflation in uh, you know dollar prices or fiat prices in, in your area? And so, cause I, I know I saw, uh, I saw Bitcoin rabbis tweet and he said, uh, like the stimulus bill went from, or the stimulus checks went from twelve hundred to fourteen hundred dollars, but the economists are telling us there's no inflation. So, on the on just those two notes, uh, what would you say to the first part of is Bitcoin volatile or is everything else volatile? And then if if you notice any inflation, then then by all means uh, let us know what you think on that one. 
Um, I mean, I, I know what me, Nick, and Jessifer will say, so we'll, we'll tack that on at the end. But uh, Jim, actually, I'd like to start with you. What, what's your thoughts on is Bitcoin volatile? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess it really depends on what perspective you have. That's the key. Um, you know, you're, you're, we're measuring Bitcoin against the U.S. dollar. And, you know, the... There's millions of people in the world that give value, give no value to Bitcoin or don't care about the change in value every day. And then there's millions of people who do. And so I guess to the people who watch the value change, it seems volatile because it keeps changing a lot. And the outsiders just see it, I don't know, going up. <laughs> they have to know it just keeps going up. Um, they hear about the volatility. It's talked about as volatile. Um, but, you know, when you think about it from the perspective of uh, a static amount of units being that have uh, some of which have been issued and um, an additional amount that is getting issued at a very steady, knowable rate, uh, it's not volatile at all. It's just being re constantly repriced every day by people in the market in dollars. Oh, it's worth a little more today. Now it's not. You're crazy. It's overpriced. I'm selling it. It's just, you know individual actors deciding it's worth more or less but collectively you know because there's so few um you're going to see people bidding up the price because um you know other people want it they get hooked they they see their friend they see the news they see whatever and it just keeps the price going up so it's not really volatile in its purest sense but you know measured against the dollar i guess it is how's that Beautiful. Oh, and do I see inflation around me? Hell yeah. Everything's <laughs> going up in price. It's crazy. But they're telling us there's no inflation, Jim. No, I don't believe them. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, I, I remembered what the tweets were that, that sparked this. Um, I, I don't know if we'll, we'll go into the, the side arguments that's been having on Twitter from this specific person, but... It was one of Eric Weinstein's tweets, and uh, he said he was quote tweeting Coin Telegraph, and it says Bitcoin just surpassed the three highest valued global banking giants by market cap, and he his quote tweet was, "This is the problem with valuations universally using U.S. dollar or other managed fiat currencies as numeraire." Put simply, you have two effects. One is the measurement of a rigged ruler, BTC, by a rubber ruler, USD. The second is the fear of rubber rulers leading to demand for rigged one. And uh, I, I sent Nick and Jester John Ballas' tweet where he goes, You've got it backwards. The dollar isn't measuring Bitcoin. Bitcoin is measuring the dollar. Bitcoin is the ultimate market judge, the ideal against which all other goods are measured i.e. money. It's not dependent on rubber measures. It reveals them. It's the first economic constant. And I would I would parrot what Vallis said, except a lot less eloquently. You know, it's like it's like what Jim was saying. There's only twenty one million uh Bitcoins and you divide that by infinity and since it's a free market money, the the price will, you know, I guess quote unquote be volatile. It'll it'll fluctuate. But Bitcoin isn't volatile, you know, like if, if you're measuring your wealth in sats, as many sats as you have, that doesn't change. It's just the purchasing power that changes. And uh, I know that may be a little hypocritical since we start the show with the dollar price every show. 
So people might think that we're a double speaking right there. But I just kind of look at that as the, the purchasing power that your Bitcoins will be able to, to buy you or buy for you. And it's something to uh, keep keep an eye on because that's that's like what uh, John Vallis says, you know, it's it's Bitcoin measuring the price of fiat around the world. And since Bitcoin is a hard cap money, then we're just seeing what the free market is telling us every time we, we speak about the price. So, I mean, personally, I don't believe that Bitcoin is volatile. I do. Uh, I guess maybe it's part of that Bitcoin Zen that we always talk about where the the price moves and and we just in, enjoy enjoy the ride but as long as blocks are coming in every 10 minutes then uh my monetary network is as stable or more stable than any other monetary network in the world and it's just uh it's just my net worth that that fluctuates based on uh the dollar price but uh anyone else want to chime in nick one bitcoin always equals one bitcoin <laughs> i i don't know anything more stable than that <laughs> <laughs> is that the that's the final word right there huh nick one bitcoin equals one bitcoin nothing else to say <laughs> i love it um and inflation i guess i guess let's uh are are you guys seeing inflation so i i am definitely i i've talked to a few people um that are like construction workers and they're telling me that the lumber prices are going up, steel prices are going up. So it seems like commodities are going up. And, um, you know, like the stock market keeps going up. And I don't know if, if people would or, you know, people that aren't well-versed would consider that uh, as inflation because it just seems like s stock prices are, are shooting to the moon. But I, I think it's very evident to those watching that the dollar is being devalued and and didn't we i didn't watch this but didn't we have jerome powell say uh that they might not hit that two percent inflation mark this year coming up and uh, they might be pushing it up to three or four percent so i think everyone knows that there is inflation and they just they're trying to sweep it under the rug because it's it's getting kind of hairy out there yeah like i'm um Number one, I've I've been noticing inflation at my local grocery store because I I'm paying a lot more, a decent amount more than I would like to for the same exact groceries I normally get. But I, I remember I took notes on my phone and I'll I'll have to find them, but I took notes on the economic calculation podcast that Taylor did with Preston Pish and I've listened to it like three times and it's fucking amazing. Um, it's, it can be kind of confusing if you don't know all like the terminology. And even then I still get really confused because <laughs> I don't even know some of the terminology they're saying, but it's, it's like he talks about how there's hyperinflation in these assets that like stocks and stuff that's why they're going up so much because you know they're desirable goods and the dollar's crashing and everyone wants to just flow into that and um i mean like i was looking at some charts from zimbabwe when they went into that complete um hyperinflation event that destroyed their national currency and if you look at their stock market the stock market 
literally fucking skyrockets right before it and during it. And I guarantee you some people were like, oh, well, you know, the stock market's doing good, so that must mean we're fine. It's like, no, that's that's hyperinflation in the stock market. Like, it's a... Uh, it's a good sign that you should be moving out of us uh out of fiat and into a harder asset like bitcoin preach uh nick awesome you'll have to you'll have to link me that that uh podcast I, i'm not sure if i listened to that one yeah i can do that so much it's content. really good it's it's it, the first time i listened to it i was a bit overwhelmed and i was like holy shit but then um it, it's really good. I, I, I can grab the link and throw it in the Discord right now. I think we've touched on this before, but Oxhale uh, dropped in the chat saying to, to look at the Chapwood Index. And I'd also recommend folks go check out shadowstats.com, which uh, does sort of analysis uh, based on like what the what the government metric like continues to change. And it, it tracks, you know, when those... When those metrics change to track inflation or the consumer price index, uh, because they keep changing the metric, um, which maybe distorts the the outcome. Actually, we know it distorts the outcome. It's almost like also there are different definitions. Yes, shoot it. Some people are talking about inflation as increase in prices, but there is also monetary inflation. And again, Austrian economists, they say that um, increase in money supply is the same as inflation. So again, yeah, it like it depends how we see what inflation is. And if we talk about monetary inflation, then like it's obvious that if you see like amounts of dollars printed, there's definitely an inflation. There is no even question about it. And it's what, 20, more than 25, I guess, over like I, I don't even know anymore. Like I don't think they, they, they just stopped counting, right? If you see the chart, it just goes straight up. So we don't even know what inflation is. So uh, it's definitely there. Yeah, and they just print another one point nine trillion dollars stimulus. So it seems like it's just going to keep going up. Corn means about for to Bitcoiners pump. that <laughs> our number goes up. And it goes up hard. One thing I wanted to bring up is uh, um, in Canada, I saw a tweet from a guy who was talking about how they've been getting 2,000 Canadian a month for the past year. And the dude went to the grocery store and like one stick of butter was seven bucks. Oof. But, but, but there's no inflation, guys. There's no inflation. COVID supply chain, bro. Blame it on that. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Russians. The Russians are manipulating the markets. The Russians. Oh, I knew it, bro. I knew it, bro. I knew we had a mole in here. Oh, <laughs> oh man. That's so good. Yeah, I mean... It's... I mean... <laughs> There's... I'm sorry. I, I just read Jesper's comment that said if we all just wore masks, the butter would be cheaper. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Truth. Preach, Jesper. Preach. 
You're killing grandmas and raising the cost of butter. Come on, guys. Oh, damn it. It's it's just like you know we, like the the whole like you know mask debate. It it kind of just like moves the focus away from like what's actually happening to the money. It's just massively being devalued, and we're printing like crazy, which is just going to destroy the middle class. So like the only. <laughs> like option we have is to like go to bitcoin which is this fantastic exit from the system that we don't have to participate like in this whole charade anymore like we can we can like play by the rules that we want to play with like with broad consensus that like i'm going to opt into the system that is much more responsible financially and that actually like that it doesn't rely on on debt that it's going to like just bleed out through the rest of the world and like cause the entire world to have a cold every time the U.S. sneezes. Like, I want to get away from that system. Agreed. Yeah, and Agreed. they want to keep you in it, just like the uh, Kristen Lagarde said, the head of the what the ECB. She said that. Uh, she said something along the lines of like, we can't allow people to escape into Bitcoin. It, and she said she said something like that. She was talking about how Bitcoin is an escape from them. And it's kind of like, yeah, we know and we like it. Like she, they want to keep you trapped in their system and they're going to try and figure out a way, whether that be central bank digital currencies with strict rules or whatever it may be. But they are going to snag a good amount of people who are who just don't know what the hell is going on and those people are going to get screwed over. But I think most of us will opt out into Bitcoin and be fine. Nick, I think that's the first central bank that falls. I think Europe is fractured, been fractured. You know, this whole Brexit thing is one thing, but you know, not everybody wants to share monetary policy, especially when Bitcoin's available, like they actually have another option. So I think you hit it on the head, dude. Like I think you're going to even have like a small faction of countries that just start trading on the Bitcoin standard because you know, America and Europe just seem mistrustful, distrustful, and just, I don't know, stupid. Do you think it's going to be more developing countries who seize the opportunity? I mean, I know we've seen some completely throw it away, like, like India and Nigeria trying to strict their people um, and not allow them to use it. But I think other countries like would uh, be more open to it. The thing is, is that there's a lot of, uh, shit coiners and also uh microfinance sharks and you know the sort of traditional way of doing things spreads really fast so i don't know if they're gonna have fun staying poor or than they already are in the short term you know because but i am optimistic in certain places in africa because they've been trading their own form of digital currency for a while now with their like airtime credits they're like uh, cell phone credits and uh that's actually how they like send money to each other in a lot of cases and then these microfinance companies, I think one of them is called uh, M-Pesa. It's like one of the biggest ones. It's like M and then P-E-S-A. You can look it up. And, you know, they they should have an incentive to switch to the Bitcoin standard because they'll make more money. But I don't know if they're smart enough. We'll see. I have a friend who's doing something called a SADA pay in Pakistan. Because they like if you look at these countries, they're like 80, 90% unbanked. And... I don't. I, the only person I see talking about Africa and stuff is like Cardano's uh, Fat Cat, 
and uh, and yeah, and I'm scared of him because like I, I think he can convince some uh, greedy people up top, which is their biggest problem, to like adopt that. So um, yeah, I don't know, man. I have a thing. I have a feeling it's going to be like Greece or something. You know, like if you look at the history of Greece, like post 08, I think they have like a third party rise up in response to the fuckery. You know, because they they got hit super hard. And like you said, when the U.S. sneezes and you take a shit uh, in Greece, it's not good. And uh, I don't know. I have a feeling it's going to be something like that. Some small country that gets it started. And I also saw a Pierre Rochard tweet today where he was like, oh, the first central bank to buy Bitcoin is going to be the winner and the last is going to be the loser. And I'm not sure because the first I think the first one to buy without people knowing, because I think if a central bank starts switching to Bitcoin, like the faith faith in the actual system will crash. So it just depends which central bank and when, but I don't know. Europe is a weird hodgepodge, which they decided in like the early 2000s, tall share of currency. Like just, it was fucked from the beginning. Yeah. So my question is, um, as Bitcoin plebs, uh, what do you think? Should we go like, okay, I'm from small European country. Should I go and push forward for Bitcoin standard and ask basically my central bank to adopt it? or they're enemies and we should keep them as far from bitcoin as possible so what's I the game plan i think you just do what's best for you and if they if they follow suit that's good but i think you just save yourself and maybe some people around you like your family close friends and i think you just see how things play out and i think you'll know what's the best thing to do when the time comes yeah, there is no right answer to that. It's like, yeah, get on the lifeboat and hope you save some people you love. And pretty, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, it's like, just like um, I can, I can do that, and I'm already doing that. Like I'm helping people around, but at the same time, you know, I, I have some people that I know, and like these people know people. Like in small country, I think you can get to the top pretty fast, and then you can start pushing ideas, you know, on a higher level. And I'm just wondering, you know, if it's like it's, it might help country in general, and it's like great news it's like hey you know this country accepted uh, bitcoin as a reserve so it's awesome but at the same time i don't believe that the government should grow i believe that we need to eliminate uh, central authorities so it's like you see that it's contradiction i think campaign finance is like really interesting that's like the smoking gun for like bitcoin in general like imagine if all political spending was tracked you know just on chain you know that's interesting for me more so than any central bank I don't give a fuck about central banks. Like, they hodl, they, they just hodl. They print money and hodl gold, right? So, hodling Bitcoin is just another thing they're manipulating. I don't know. Just thoughts. I mean, I love that question. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it, I I haven't really thought about it too much, but I'm just thinking right now. Um, the game theory of it all, if it's a decent sized country and they add Bitcoin to their reserves, then. I see like one of two things happening. It'll either kickstart the dominoes and then force other, you know, central banks to have to hold because they, you know, they, they don't want to see their competitors do better than them. And so maybe that's, uh, you know, where the insane stacking starts and the price movement starts rocketing and, and the, like the retail, the average person gets basically priced out of, of owning Bitcoin. Or I could see them kind of being attacked. Like if Russia did that, if Russia just full went balls deep in Bitcoin, 
then I could see a full-scale propaganda attack on Bitcoin. And even with that, like the U.S. government would probably still be stacking silently just because it's like we can't let them stack the Bitcoin with and, and us do nothing. Because I, I have to believe that there's some people that understand what's going on and like like brad sherman's a perfect example you know a politician that gets bitcoin and he's just on the opposite side of it he's probably stacking silently because he he understands what bitcoin can possibly do so i can see a central bank probably uh being the the like the ember that starts all kinds of crazy stuff to happen and I, uh, we've been saying that for a while that once once a government or a, or a state starts accumulating bitcoin is is when shit's going to really start hitting the fan and and us bitcoiners are just going to be sitting there like oh my god what is going to happen next and and we're already like that with big corporations joining joining the game and so i i could only imagine how crazy it would get for us average bitcoiner to watch a state put bitcoin on its reserves and so i don't know like tony that'll be something that that we'll be watching awesome let's <laughs> go <laughs> can anybody can anybody uh articulate the logic as to why a central bank would want Bitcoin as its reserve? What, what do they get out of it? I mean, so, I, I honestly, like, I understand where you're coming from, Jim, because they can already just print money out of thin air. You know, they, they, can, they can't print Bitcoin. Yeah, exactly. So on the one hand, they, they probably don't need it because they can just print money and benefit from the Cantillon effect and it doesn't really matter to them. But the, in my mind, I think the reason they would want to is if they're starting to understand that their system is fundamentally broken and even though they're printing as much money as humanly possible, they just can't escape from, I don't know, say like hyperinflation in their country and they're like, okay, you know, I, I need to secure the bag because our system is completely broke now and all hell is breaking loose. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe someone else so has a better idea. I Why do they have submit to begin with? Why like what? Concept. Like they have gold too. Well, some of them don't though. So, like it'd be, it'd be like Canada. Canada maybe would be the prime country. They have like no gold reserves. And I feel like nice reserves. they have nice reserves. I'm nice. I'm Canadian. It's the little dudes that are gonna get Bitcoin first. They want to like complete compete on the global scale. I agree with wine. They're gonna hold whatever's valuable. Facts. Yeah, I submit I, to you. All right, I, yeah, I, I usually assume that like the fiat currencies are going to stick around, but they're just going to stack Bitcoin the back end and and then they would feel empowered to like devalue their local currency or their their country's currency uh especially if their debts are denominated in their local currency because that just makes the debt cheaper and then that means that they could get out of debt faster and stack more bitcoin which i mean that that would be horrendous and 
I'm not really sure how they would transfer that to like the people of their country or, or whether like the country would actually like uh, allocate like Bitcoin towards uh, the, the interests that they already have, like here in the U S it would be towards like large corporate interests. So it might just like reinforce like the, the bias that like the government already has to, to like support, you know, corporate interests before, the interests of you know regular one folks. of one of these countries is going to take sailors playbook and short their own <laughs> short their own currencies and buy bitcoin wine but why short the currency why not just short the gold and then just just so basically if the theory for eating all of gold's monetary premium holds that means all these central banks have to start selling their gold for bitcoin right pretty much well the gold will still have some value because there's like actual use in it but yeah, you yeah, can yeah, hold the yeah, door open with a bar of gold. It's very nice. No, it's a good conductor of electricity and all that speed. Yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is that, like, if that theory holds true, like, Bitcoin eats gold first, okay, so then somebody yeah, has to let like, go. Oh, yeah. Stored in a warehouse. But, but they're going to buy Bitcoin first and not announce it and then just, like, print their shit to oblivion and and buy more. Like, finance their own debt. Yeah. I mean, I don't see the system changing. I just see people hodling different assets, whatever. Who care? They don't care. Yeah, I, I was like speaking to a, a New York finance bro and I was Fuck. shilling Bitcoin to him and he was just like, dude, it's just your like risk off asset du jour. Like, like, dude, you don't get it. If you use the word du jour, with, you're already fucked. No, I used it. <laughs> <laughs> he, said it's the, he said it's your flavor of the day. Okay, I like that. I, I'm with that. Just like, you know, it's I like, don't know. It's just I, like gold. It's just your hot flavor of the day. Like, like nah, dog. 1.9 yeah. trillion, bruh. 1.9 <laughs> trillion, bruh. <laughs> That's funny. Um... Well, the last question before we Wait, get... Wait, can I chime in? Yeah, get it, Jim. This? Get it, Jim. Uh, I submit to you guys that um, the first central bank that adopts Bitcoin as its reserve currency will start a domino effect of the failure of every central bank uh, and eventually every government after that. <clears throat> because... The people that run these organizations, remember, we say the government and the central bank, but we are simply talking about groups of humans. And they're out for their own self-interest, as we all are, and sort of should be, except we shouldn't cheat people to get it. But these people cheat us to get what they want. And when they no longer can control the system to give themselves an advantage, they will simply try to get their own individual advantage on the down low first, uh, because they're not going to take in a whole shitload of Bitcoin and spend it on the country and humanity. And they're not going to pay off their corporate friends because once they let go of the Bitcoin and their corporate friends have it, they don't have it anymore and they can't make more and they have to get some somehow. And if they try to tax people out of it, that's going to be a challenge. As we know, uh, they can only go after so many people so quickly and Bitcoin network keeps evolving and they might not be able to just get your Bitcoin. And so it will be the beginning of the end for all of them, in my opinion. I hope they do it. 
foolish. Why not just hit us with it? <laughs> let's Fucking go. Uh, let's uh, do it at the same time. <laughs> 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 it's hard to get your timing in, bro. It's hard to get your. Yeah, I'm, on an, I'm in another part of the world. You got, you got a, you got the Weinicus cadence that uh, fools us all. Yeah, a hit different. <laughs> it sounds like we got some Europeans in the house tonight, which means, means it's very late Yo, where they are. Surfer Jim, I read your real estate article on Citadel Twenty One a lot. Like, and you read it a lot. You mean more than over and over? What? Like I've read it like four times probably. Wow, and I always just think to man. myself, like, yo, this shit is legit. And I always buy the amount of Bitcoin that I need that's divided by everyone. Like that's how <laughs> oh, much like that's I... your purchase amount every time you go for the two hundred and thirty five thousand sats or something? Yeah, something like that. Like, or sometimes not... when I'm just sometimes when I'm just feeling like I'm wanna take over the world, I just do it <laughs> to a <laughs> Two acres worth at a time. <laughs> you know, I have to say, I also look at my balance as it changes, and I think, holy shit, I just stacked like five people's worth or some amount. Like, I just go, holy shit, I can't believe people are missing this, and I'm getting all their corn. <laughs> okay, thanks. I don't know. Dude, I've wow. shared that article with 50 people after Wine shared wow. it with me. At least 50, That's so awesome. I've read Thank it you. more than once as well. And I've I, like a couple of times I like misquote the number and then like read it again. And then I'm like, oh shit, I told that guy the wrong number. And so I just, well, go the back good part about that it. is that right. the, uh, the underlying fundamentals of what I came up with don't ever change. You can change the number of people or the, the amount of uh, the value of a Bitcoin, but not the amount of sats. It's just the division and the multiplication that would slightly change. So anybody could update it, but it's great because it does give people a sense of like this, this sort of, definitiveness about this whole thing you know it puts scarcity in a perspective and i have to credit like trace mayer i think who inspired me by talking about bitcoin as this piece of real estate and you should get yourself a, a chunk of it you know there's a finite amount and uh for those of you who aren't aware i i i did that not as an article first but as like you know 10 tweets in a row and then when um Hodlnot was publishing the magazine. I thought to myself, I think I can make that an article. And I'm no writer or nothing, you know, but it, it worked out pretty good. And he helped me out with it and he was nice enough to publish it. So I'm glad people uh, read it and get something out of it. And I, I was hoping it would like sort of stand the test of time in a sense. And, and it kind of does in a way if you look at it from that perspective. So, you guys, I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Dude, you turned a Deutsche Banker most legacy motherfucker i know into almost a whole corner so take pride are you serious some banker dude yeah. read it and he goes wow dude, why did you just dox me <laughs> I, don't I don't know i love you i love you <laughs> you guys always gotta i love the sense of humor of the bitcoin crowd this is great oh man oh, that's man. good well, I'm very flattered. I have to say, you guys, I have no idea how many people have read the thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even, I could I even get metrics on, like how many people downloaded it. I would have no idea. I'd even find that. So I don't even know, but that's great. You probably I'm have so that. You should, maybe, maybe Citadel's yeah. capturing that. Those, um, I would assume they are if not. They're probably doing not a good job. I don't know. Well, they, the number is going to be big because I'm always hitting that 
I'm always pulling it up. <laughs> now, actually, what I do is so I can, so I, if I'm going to link it to something, I actually just pull it up on the web and copy the address. It's like I don't even have it saved somewhere. I always yeah. just pull it up. Again. That number is one of my my uh, stacking strategies, and then another one is like I hate I hate when I see decimals, so I always buy like sats to round up my amounts. You know. Sure. I guess soft legs. Never works. Yeah. Never works. You are acorns, bro. You literally are acorns, bro. Yeah, I acorn myself. (laughs) Oh, so just to fill in anybody who's listening that doesn't know, talking about this article I wrote comparing Bitcoin to real estate, you can find it online. Google Citadel 21, Volume 4. And, or or you can Google uh, Bitcoin as real estate and it'll come. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, and we've got the presentation recorded too for the kindergarten. Oh yeah, that's right. I did review it for this uh, for this uh, podcast. Very good. I what, about that. What Fair. What's the number of sats? What's that number? Wynikus, what's the number that you that you quote? Do you remember, Jim? It's seven, uh, like two hundred thirty-five thousand or something. I think. I'd have to pull it up again because I don't so remember. Seven point eight billion people divided by all the land. Well, all the usual, usable real estate. Usable land, right? So we, we took out a bunch of acreage. And then we, I also tried to account for what most people assume is about 3 million Bitcoin never to be seen again. So I used a total of 18 million instead of 21. Hmm. So again, you know, you change some numbers around, you'll get slightly different numbers. But no matter how much you change it around, you're not going to get them so dramatically different that the amount of money it costs you to get what would be your fair share of the entire Bitcoin network if divided equally among all humans? What that would cost you right now is like a couple hundred bucks. So, you know, even if you alter those numbers by a dramatic amount and push it all the way to say one side, and make that price go up, what's it going to go up to 500, 600? Like most people can afford five or 600 bucks to buy a chunk of this network and know that it's never gets diluted. Even if everybody on the planet had some as well, Every, you know, like you'd all, you'd all have the same amount or whatever. Like, it's just this uniqueness about it, this, you know, absolute scarcity that really humanity's never really had something that's been absolutely scarce. I've heard many people describe Bitcoin as the first thing. And I'm starting to believe that as well, that they're, this is the, the first thing that you can sort of count on. Like, I don't know. Uh, you guys can dig deep onto that. You, you, I think you guys all see it the same way, right? Yeah, I mean, I definitely do. It's, you know, looking at Bitcoin as digital real estate was definitely one of those ideas that that helped me wrap my head around, oh, wow, there's only ever going to be 21 million Bitcoins. Like, I I need to manifest destiny some of this land because that's about to disappear. Yep. How many sats are there of the 21 million? Out times now? 100 million I yeah. mean, it's how two, many total sats it's are there gonna one, ever be it's well it's like 2.1 quadrillion like, but it's like two quadrillion 99 trillion 997 billion and i forget the rest of it but it's quadrillion after trillion i believe so yeah i think it's i think it's further out than that but i don't i don't remember it's a big like, it's is a it three big is it three more spaces after trillion i, I feel like it know. is i'm not sure 
I, I got into this argument with a friend today, and he was like, can't you just keep dividing the sats that are the parts of a Bitcoin down more? And I'm like, don't start this, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, yeah, we probably you will can. at some point. In theory, in that's theory, you can be like on a li- trillion dollars. Yeah. Well, he was getting at like polluting the value, and I was just like, "Well, we'll talk about it later." I don't know. Lightning Network already supports less than sats. Right, millisat. Yeah, but why would that make okay. it less worth? That would, that would make it it's worth not. It just divides it up it more. Yeah, like yeah. You yeah, can put more. There's still twenty-one million. <laughs> It allows you to put more value into it and divide it up more finely so that you, you know, can buy smaller goods with, with smaller Somebody should just explain to them what countable versus uncountable infinity is. Just tell them to Google that for like three days and they'll get it. Yeah. Someone run the numbers. Yeah, math is hard. Someone run the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the last question before, be, yeah, before we get, I guess, uh, just start talking about some of the news part. Um, Christopher, do you do you remember how you got this one? The question was, when does Bitcoin start becoming a unit of account? And all I can remember telling him was, always has been. So, Jesper, where'd you get this one from? Uh, I I think it came out just. You know, because we were starting to talk about the volatility and we've just got, you know, so much uncertainty, you know, in the U.S. dollar prices. And, you know, we like see like the price of wood going up and and there's just so much like dislocation. It's it's not quite clear, like what's happening with the dollar or or whether this is just a short term thing. And I was just kind of curious what people's take on like when when Bitcoin be when will Bitcoin become a unit account since it has such a predictable like monetary schedule? Yeah, so this was something I kind of like teeter back and forth on because like I've adopted Bitcoin as my unit of account. I know m- pretty much all of you have as well. Um, and, you know, Michael Saylor always talks about get your company on a Bitcoin standard and stuff. But like just from like studying Bitcoin and money and like economics, like the way I have always pictured it was it has to be like Bitcoin to ultimate. And I'm writing a piece on this right now, but Bitcoin ultimately has to go through certain stages and one of the stages is it has to perform well as a un- as a store of value first. No matter what, it has to store value in uh, a mass monetary energy. And then after it gets, you know, maybe tens of trillions of dollars behind it, and we scale up Lightning Network and other second layer solutions, um, then it would move to be a medium of exchange. And then that's when retailers and merchants would start uh, slowly or maybe all at once, I have no idea, uh, ditching fiat and start demanding to be paid in Bitcoin. And that's when uh, it starts, Bitcoin starts trading around more like cash because we'll have more in- infrastructure built and it'll just be more feasible and more usable. And uh, as these two are complete, like, and we're in f- complete fully, like you can walk anywhere and pay in Bitcoin and stuff, um, and it's like mastered the means of exchange. Then we hit the unit of account part where 
it creates just this positive feedback loop where you're using it as your store of value, your means of exchange, and then it ultimately becomes your unit of account. And then, um, yeah, that's just, it's game over at that point. So, and I'm kind of confused on like what I should be saying because I go back and forth because that makes sense um you know going through those stages but also it's like i always say bitcoin's my unit of account but i don't use it as a medium of exchange well what would what would be the definition of bitcoin being a good store of value like how many years out would you consider it being a good store of value because it's been one for 12 years and the dollar has like we've really only been on the fiat standard for like 50 years so are we going to have to wait 50 years before we consider Bitcoin a good store of value? No. Um, I mean, Bitcoin has proved in the first 12 years that it's a good store of value. Um, like normally people are afraid, oh, because Bitcoin is only 12 years old that, you know, oh, it could still fail. It could still, you know, it hasn't, you know, technically, quote unquote, proved itself yet. But I think that's wrong. Uh, a trillion dollar asset, like you don't accidentally make a trillion dollar accident. Uh, I mean, asset, not accident. <laughs> you don't, you know, degenerate gamblers online don't accidentally put a trillion dollars into an, a new asset class. Like this is proven to be, especially in 2020, um, to be the best store of value. But um I think personally, until we go, like we're living in the store value phase right now currently, and we won't move into the medium of exchange part, the next level, when like we need to have, in my opinion, on a mass scale to have this medium of exchange happening, like bare minimum 10 trillion in my opinion like there's so much cash out there like i i know there's like i i don't even know how i don't even want to say a number because i haven't checked my facts but i know there's like 40 trillion in cash just laying there doing nothing globally and um i think that all a bitcoin needs to amass so much more monetary energy before we can finally take that uh that leap from store value to means of exchange did that answer your question or make sense there i mean it made sense and and it i it like i know exactly what you're saying because mm -hmm. i I'd, I'd agree with you it's just you know like it is a medium of exchange and it is a unit of account already to a lot of Bitcoiners. But like, I, I definitely agree with you on, on the mass scale, you know, on, on the, in the bigger picture, it would, it, it's definitely a store of value. Shoot it. I think that once we reach either cent sat parity or dollar sat parity, sats will be, like bitcoins like people just say like bitcoins instead of full coins so i think that's when we get to unit of account sent to sat parity so what where are we at right now at 1700 sats? So like sats i think are like too confusing for people and it's like too much of an education process but if something's like 
a hundred sats, like I think in the future, everyone's just going to say like bitcoins. Well, that's bits, right? Not just everything's going to be <laughs> like a sat. A sat's going to be a bitcoin. A sat will be a bitcoin. Hold up. Okay, Nick <laughs> just dropped. He he said that there's forty. How much did you say? Forty trillion dollars that's just sitting idly. Yeah. Yeah, you he know, just doxed me. Maybe, <laughs> maybe just in some like dollar denominated account. So, if those people realize that Bitcoin is a better store of value, then then that moves into Bitcoin. That would be it. There's also like a lot of unaccounted for oil money and. In the Middle East, that like we have no idea about. That's because there's no middle of the East, bro. Come on, dude. Dude, there's like there's like forty trillion in cash. Place. There's camel land. There's like a hundred trillion globally in stocks. There's over ten trillion in real estate. Gold is nine trillion. You really think people are gonna keep? A store of value and a shiny rock compared to Bitcoin, you're crazy. Like a lot of this money is going to flow out of I think that these assets into Bitcoin. Like I like when Michael Saylor says that the world has a store of value problem and we're allocating uh our our wealth incorrectly and like Bitcoin just fixes that. I think the government owns like one not the U.S. or just like world governments, and obviously it's not verifiable. But I think they own like one sixth of gold supply. So it's in Fort Knox. Fort Knox, right? The largest gold offer in the world is the federal is in sitting in New York, in New York, in the Federal Reserve, bro. And they don't even own the gold. We're just, they're just so they say. They're just holding it for us. Yeah. Not your gold, right? Not your keys, right? I need to see a picture of the corner of the gold. Let's take a visit, bro. Let's go into the belly of the beast. They say like all the all the gold in the world fits in like three Olympic sized pools. The truth is that nobody knows. In Indian temples, there's so much gold that no one can even phantom. You know, people hold intense amount of gold that is not accounted for. So we don't actually know the real supply of gold. Yeah, I mean, shit. I mean, the aliens have taken all our gold, guys. Come on, let's be honest. They've they've siphoned all our gold away. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Mister Taxman came to my door, and the aliens just happened to steal my gold. <laughs> the new the new boating crash. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, speaking of, I guess I guess we'll uh we'll we'll go gloss over some of these events that happened this week. Uh we we were just talking about banning. We brought it up earlier. Uh India is proposing a ban on uh digital assets. So, uh I have it over here in our notes. Another country tries to ban Bitcoin again. Uh but the difference the difference on this one is that they're not only going to try well I'm going to say try, but apparently this bill is in movement. Um, so this time they're not only going to try to ban mining Bitcoin and trading Bitcoin, 
but they're going to make possession of cryptocurrencies so we'll, we'll just say bitcoin illegal so uh that's that's definitely a, a big step from from all the other uh banning fud i i think we've uh, probably thoroughly debunked the banning fud on here a couple of times but uh what what was your guys thoughts on when you heard this is just like another like okay uh i saw a few good memes of uh india trying to ban bitcoin it's like a gate that just covers the sidewalk but you could walk around it so that's that's kind of my thoughts on it i i don't know if you guys have anything to add on this one it's pretty straightforward i think it's just I mean, they're banning themselves from bitcoin right <laughs> she she shoot it uh, yeah i was in india for their atm run of 2016 uh like first fucking two days i get there they're like try to go to the atm and i see a line that just you know how many people fucking live there like you see that line and you're like holy fuck go to the next atm again you're like okay i'm not never getting money and my dumb ass was like oh yeah i'll just pull it out of the atm when i get there you know save on the exchange fees and i fucking <laughs> dude it was a mess i had to get on a fucking vespa with some dude who i paypaled i wasn't sure if he was going to give me my money but then he did so you know Yo. i see that you know, it's just like a shit show over there already. So, like, trying to ban something is impossible. I'm in Colombia right now, and lines in ATMs are a real thing. Like, every bank you go to, there's a fucking line of, like, 20 people. It's weird as hell. Um, and I've been orange-pilling a lot of people here, and they seem to, to understand it and the value of Bitcoin way easier than people in the U.S. Just my two sats. I mean, I, I think I've had the, the same experience with, with Latin Americans. They they seem to get it because they usually have left a country where their currency and money went to shit. So I, I concur with you. Someone just tried to chime in. I, I didn't see who that was. So when you like are a Bitcoiner operating in those countries... Uh, do you have to like you know find someone else that's willing to like buy your Bitcoin if you need like fiat to like participate? You're hoping you find a Bitcoiner, right? That you can just send them some. Sass there's exchanges, like there's exchanges here, but yeah, I mean it's there's not many Bitcoiners. I'll tell you that. Yeah, but payment terminals, I think, will be like available. Like if Americans come with Bitcoin and they're willing to spend it. And then they understand ATMs. The there actually are a handful of ATMs around here, like Bitcoin in mean, the bigger cities. I don't even mean ATMs. And you could withdraw. Imagine you just pull up and you just like they have a little QR code. You just send a little lightning transaction. Like I can see that like in the near, near future. Well, I, I mean, I always bring it up at Strike Global like that. That's going to change the world because then you, you don't necessarily need Bitcoin. It's just using lightning as like the protocol to convert currencies from one to another, and then everyone can transact freely. Hey, if you guys take a, <laughs> you take a listen to TFTC podcast from today with the guy from Sphinx Chat, and he was talking about onboarding people through Sphinx Chat into Lightning. Um, some Somehow, I got to go back and re-listen because he was talking about some people can earn money through this app somehow, get it 
in lightning and then use it and never it's all it's i guess it's either hot wallet or custodial or somehow but it still onboards people without them having to run their own node or really do anything and they tell a story about somebody who was earning money doing some tasks and then earning rewards in bitcoin in sats and not knowing it and then they got all excited when they found out they owned bitcoin and they didn't even know it or something i don't know i gotta go back and re-listen but the idea, the way it works, the Sphinx chat is very interesting. How it piggybacks on Lightning. Everybody should go listen to it. I, I uh, encourage it. We'll definitely do that. We'll put it on my queue for tomorrow. I was uh, listening to that Citadel Dispatch today. And I guess I'll just segue in because we have it on the list. But um, last year, last summer, uh, if you guys were on Bitcoin Twitter... We we all noticed the the Twitter hacks with the Bitcoin Bitcoin scams. Well, I guess uh, this week the kid he was he's like seventeen year old kid at the time. He just turned eighteen. He he got sentenced for three years in jail. But uh, I think the defining note of it all was that he pretty much got away with it completely until he messed up using Wasabi. He uh, clicked the select all coin function and basically doxed all his UTXOs and then uh, the FBI caught him. So uh, I don't know. It's uh, we, we were kind of talking about it earlier in the chat, like how how is that possible? And uh, we, we were explaining it to Nabismo, but Nabismo left. Um, but yeah, so... You gotta definitely be aware of what you're doing on uh, for your privacy, and uh, like they said in the Citadel Dispatch, Matt was like, uh, if you have a privacy software, then you shouldn't the user shouldn't be able to mess it up, and then uh, the Wasabi guys are telling them, well, they didn't use the software correctly, hence why he got got in trouble. So uh, there's definitely been a, a good spat on uh, Twitter the last couple of days since the citadel dispatch in regards to coin join so i'm definitely going to be watching uh what's happening on twitter in regards to that but i don't know nick uh what did you have any thoughts on this one um i'm so tired of the uh, <laughs> coin join wars like it's uh, i i saw matt odell post something about it but i didn't look too much into it um Y'all know I'm not a fan of a samurai just for my own personal reasons. And I, I like Wasabi just because it's just simple to use for me. Like I, it's just, it works for me. And I, I like the motto, uh, don't fix what ain't broke. So I, I don't know. I don't have too much to say on this. Like taking the high road, the high road as the advanced user over here. I, I I'm curious. To, uh, people are saying, some really good stuff about uh, Wasabi 2.0, but I've I haven't tried it yet. Well, it's not it's not out yet. They they're uh, I think they just released the schematics for it, and it's going to be out in I don't know like 14 months. So it's still about a year out before us plebs will be able to use that. But um, yeah, I I think that's why the the samurai guys are so adamant about using samurai and whirlpool versus wasabi it's so that the average pleb wouldn't shoot themselves in the foot like what happened to this kid 
But uh, like they're saying in the chat, you know, shouldn't have to steal fucking Bitcoin. So the kid, you know, kid definitely wasn't thinking, uh, you know, down the line too much. But uh, I guess just another note to everyone about uh, Bitcoin privacy. You know, they're they're looking they're looking at your your blockchain info, and um, just be aware because they're they're definitely trying to make a point. I I scam the. I scan, <laughs> I scan the, the government doc, and and they were definitely saying, and I I'm not going to paraphrase, or I am paraphrasing the the quote they said, but they said something along the lines of, um, if you think you're being anonymous on the internet and and you're doing a little illegal things, then we're going to catch you, and we're making a point out of it with this kid, and. Um, I think I really like how Matt put it when he said in regards to, well, if what this kid did was so bad, then, uh, you know, maybe maybe Twitter should have some responsibility in this. But uh, I think the point was that, you know, like kid kid didn't like I don't know. I, I want to say he, he didn't, you know, like he scammed people. Scamming sucks. I've been scammed. Uh, you know, to all the scammers out there, fuck you, you know, taking people's Bitcoins fucked up. But, um, I think they're just trying to make a point out of him. And so I don't know, we'll, we'll definitely be seeing what's going to happen on this in, in the future. So, you know, I, I'm definitely, uh, like Nick tired about the coin join wars and stuff, but, uh, you know, we, we live in the real world and we can't expect everyone to just get along. So. I'll definitely be watching this and trying to get to the bottom of everything. And, and I will definitely be interested in watching what happens with Wasabi when they come out with their new implementation. And, uh, as well as probably, I know Nick's gonna, Nick's gonna hate me and some of the plebs are gonna hate me, but, uh, I, I promise Sat Squatch that I, I'm gonna get a, a whirlpool going. So, uh, I just been kind of lazy out there. Sats, Sasquatch, uh, I know, I know. He's if he's listening, he's going to shit on me on Twitter. But <laughs> shouts out to you guys. All right, any, anyone got some some thoughts on this, Coin Icarus? I know you've been quiet. I don't know if you're listening. I I know you have some thoughts on this, but I I don't want to throw you under the bus. Uh, I know I saw lurk in the chat last night, so I don't know. I don't know if if people are trying to shy away from the topic, but uh, if no one has thoughts, I'll I'll, I'll move on. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll add something small if I'm not totally cutting out and choppy. Let's go. All right. Um, so look, I, I've been watching a little bit of this tonight, and I could see Francis posted a tweet um, about uh, Wasabi coin, coin joins, essentially a chart that uh, No Para put up. Uh, and uh, what was it? Uh, and then uh, Matt O'Dell came back and said that uh, essentially that no para like edited those you know that chart to look that way Oof. any you know essentially showing that samurai uh, that that samurai the amount of uh i guess like the amount that's going into samurai is like significantly lower than what's Oof. going into the coins um yeah you know so anyways like there, there's like some i mean the pri like the privacy wars are back right the heart the uh <laughs> the wasabi versus samurai like it was quiet for a little bit and now it's back <laughs> so um personally I, I i'm a wasabi user um 
and uh, it's not that I have any like uh, particular dislike for samurai. Um, I, uh, I I was going to use it, but unfortunately, uh, they they don't make an iOS app. Um, so, and I don't have an Android or Graphene OS. So, you know, I just uh, stick with what I've got, and uh, I'm happy with it, and uh, I have a cold card, and you know, use it with Wasabi. So. <laughs> There we go. Honest, honest Coin Icarus. <laughs> it's Honest Phil, not Honest Abe anymore. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I think the other piece that I want to highlight is just just to hold your own keys. Because even if you dox your, your privacy, uh, you can still... Uh, you know, y you can still claim that you don't have access to your your funds like that's that's still an option i there's some precedent for that you know there there's that one dude that they like tried to like confiscate his bitcoin but like actually they they only had like his hardware wallet which they couldn't get into so but he's still i imagine he still had a backup of his keys so like withdraw your funds from the exchange and learn how to hold your own keys like i think that's the piece that i would I would highlight. Yeah, Aye always makes this uh, this argument on Twitter that like, do you even have to coin join? And he makes this argument that um, you can just say that like, you have no proof that I still own those coins. Like, you have no proof that I own the wallet that it went to. And um, he could explain it a lot better than me. But um, yeah, I, I always thought that was interesting. Yeah, I uh, I'm gonna slide in in Dieter's DMs and and see if we can get him to come on and and uh, talk some Dieter takes with us because I'd definitely be interested in hearing that and I and I know it's gonna cause some fucking chaos. So he's gonna cause all shit coiners. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Jester's getting tired over there. But I wanted I wanted to bring up uh, one last thing. Um, it's well, it's actually kind of like two last things. So, Justifer, bear with me. Um, first one was we had uh, Ross Stevens telling us that we should be expecting a lot from institutional investments this week, and then today before we went on. Uh, we got the news that Morgan Stanley is the first bank to offer digital asset exposure uh, with the caveat that you have to have like at least $2 million of assets under their holding. And that was going to be through NYDIG and Galaxy Digital. So um, it's uh, I think I think Nix's tingle has been been around for a while and he's telling us that uh, pretty soon some big names are going to be falling into bitcoin and uh i guess i guess nixter domus is back and he was right again so i don't know what crystal ball you're looking into nick but it seems to be working yeah uh i i made this joke on twitter the other day uh i i think it was under your comment take out a take out a loan in your neighbor's name and get the 100x ready <laughs> i'll i'll let you know when to execute them <laughs> That was definitely under me. <laughs> uh, yeah, but dude, I, I just, I've been feeling so like, like something's just about to happen. Like, you know, when like 
you it's like you wind down a spring and it's just ready to you know spring back up that's what it, it just it feels like that it feels like we're about to explode at any second I and agree. and every single day it's like you go to sleep and it's a chance of it's like christmas morning the next day you never know what day is going to be the christmas morning and then you wake up and like I wake up and someone tags me in a photo on Twitter and I'm like, who tagged me this early in the morning? And I ignore it for like five minutes. I'm like, wait, what was that photo? Oh, it's a photo of CNBC announcing Tesla bought 1.5 billion of Bitcoin. (laughs) Like going forward, any day, Monday through Friday, that can happen more specific more it's going to happen more often than not on mondays but it's like you go to bed every night not knowing if there's going to be a huge company or even a small company announcing they've bought millions or billions of dollars worth of bitcoin bullish let's go uh i mean i think on that point though it's even more paramount now to make sure that our friends and family are stacking and uh, maybe maybe be more of that asshole to be like, look, guys, you got to fucking stack at least a little bit because it's going to really start running away from you. And uh, I'm looking at the chart over here on Bitbo. And I don't know. It seems like we, you know, like maybe we're going to get that couple of weeks of, of freaking rocket fuel because that's definitely what it feels like. Um. Jessifer, do you got like a, one more minute? Let's go one more minute, cause there's one other thing I saw today, and Let's and I and I'd like to get your opinion on it as well. So, um, did you guys see Cash App release their feature now where you can send Bitcoin through Cash Tags through their system, and it was supposedly all free. I'm I'm not sure exactly how they would uh, categorize the, the tax qualification on that. But uh, there's definitely talks about, look, like Bitcoin scaling. Is this the Cash App Layer 2 type solution? And I know you can do this through Coinbase, and so it's not necessarily a new thing, but Cash App is very popular amongst people. And I don't know, like, Jesper, would you consider this a Layer 2 type thing? Since you're our layer two guy, you're the lightning, lightning shill over here. Oh boy. Uh, let's see. It's like completely custodial. So on the one hand, it's gonna act like maybe blue wallet to to use um, to just like set, transact value. Um, however, I'm really not sure about what the tax consequences of that are. So. Like I'm, I'm pretty nervous about it, and I don't want to encourage people to spend Bitcoin when they could just spend dollars instead, and you can convert those dollars to Bitcoin like pretty seamlessly. So like I'm, I'm, I was, uh, I was paging through the FAQs of like Cash App today after I saw that announcement, just like super curious about like what the, what the tax consequences of that are because like. Like then you're doing it like on a very open KYC uh, exchange. <laughs> like there's going to be taxable events. Like are they going to send you like some, you know, some tax document at the end of it? Like 
Like, why not just use the Bitcoin network or strike what it's built for? Right. Yeah. Like, let's let's get away from all if that. If you're sending like, Bitcoin nice to a friend network. through Cash App, that's not necessarily a sale. Yeah. Right. So would you get taxed for that? It's like, do you get taxed sending your friend dollars through Cash App? No. Well, that's so, what the dollar has on Bitcoin, right? You know, our 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 money appreciates and the dollar depreciates, and so we got to deal with the gains, capital gains yeah, tax. I, I don't see like, I don't know. I, I'm not sure like the tax consequences or like how much the IRS looks into Cash App activity and stuff like that. But I definitely see this as a huge plus, like you don't have to do many things on chain now and cash up is like very widely used amongst people in the u.s and things like that so i think it's just like a better way to send bitcoin around yeah i i'd kind of agree with that and and i mean we've we've have been talking about not not us necessarily on the show but bitcoiners in general that uh the ways that bitcoin will scale will be through these uh custodial type solutions whether it be like a visa or or the mastercard you know payment systems just you know now we have the cash app bank payment system interbank payment system or, or however you'd be able to qualify that so i don't know is does is all this stuff combined completely killing the scaling debate i mean it's obviously dead to us but uh you think shit coiners are seeing that or they're just this is a non non event. No way. <laughs> I mean this this does not kill the scaling debate because <laughs> as soon as like the legal situation changes in the US, um, like I mean, for like imagine that this was happening in India, like like they like it will be illegal to transact Bitcoin like in India. And so, like, why would you use a very public, uh, like, platform in order to transact Bitcoin? Because, like, that, like, that value will be confiscated, I imagine, like, when, when Bitcoin becomes illegal. And so you don't want to be using that system that is, like, subject to all those legal risks. So, like, you're going to want to move off those platforms as soon as possible, which is like your keys, your coins, because if the legal situation changes and an exchange holds your value, you no longer have that value. You cannot withdraw that. It's acting like Robin Hood or something like that. You yeah. you don't want to be short Bitcoin right now. Yeah, and then when you if you're in India and you take that Bitcoin off and you hold it yourself, and you and everyone else in India do that. Guess what happens? You don't use their you don't use their shit, and you do everything peer to peer, and then a new market arises that they can't compete with, and Bitcoin dominates and takes over. I I think you guys are like putting too much emphasis on privacy and things like that. Um, like obviously, I'm not not telling anyone to leave your stuff on these exchanges or stuff like that. And you are KYCing for the most part. I would say like majority of people are KYCing when they buy their Bitcoin. So like your name is already attached to these purchases. But I don't know. I just 
just like the I think a cash app doing this type of features just great for Bitcoin economy in general like people have way easier means of sending and sharing Bitcoin with friends and things like that it doesn't have to be large amounts or anything and then you're not necessarily recording things on chain right so you're you're making too much sense Lanikas get out just my two sacks. No, no, that, that that doesn't make sense because like uh, folks that are new to Bitcoin, they they're usually curious about like, well, where can I spend it? Like, who accepts Bitcoin? Which, I mean, for the most for for us that have been in the space for a while, like that question is irrelevant because uh, people are willing to pay dollars for my Bitcoin, and so at any point I can just switch over to dollars and then use that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if you have the Cash App card and you hold Bitcoin on there, you can like easily just like sell it on, through through Cash App on the spot and like use the card in everyday stores or, or I don't know. Just like another example, imagine your friend is getting married and like you want to send him a gift and like maybe it's an easy way to send Bitcoin to them, you know? Yeah, I guess at some point. Uh everyday user will not know what's a full node, what's lightning. They'll be like, hey, I've got Bitcoin on my app and I can send it, you know? So I think they will not be even bothered about getting into depth. Like, I have no idea how, like, you know, SEPA transfer works or Visa transfer works. I have no idea how this stuff works. And I guess most of the people will have the same attitude towards it. Sadly, but I think the majority of people will have no idea what's happening. It's just efficiency will dominate and that's it. Yeah. I think there there might be people that are going to be using Bitcoin that don't even know they're using it. And like, again, I'm going to bring up Strike Global, which is going to convert US dollars to Bitcoin and then to the other native, to the other like fiat currency. And they're going to be transacting and using Bitcoin without even realizing it. Maybe at first, you know. Yeah, I think you're right. People don't don't even care. They just want it to work. And uh, if it works, they they'll buy things with it, and hopefully, you know, hodl hodl than bitcoins. But I think uh, it'll it'll take some time for for the culture at large to change. It's very easy for us as bitcoiners to realize and recommend the culture change within us and within our quote-unquote echo chamber but it seems so easy for me to be just recommend like dude like lower your time preference hodl some bitcoins it's easy and then your normie friends your pre-coiner friends your knee coiner friends even are like what the hell are you talking about like i'm just trying to spend my money and so i think it's just like a i wouldn't say a necessarily a bigger problem but it's like a bigger issue than just bitcoin works and number go up works and people need to change their behavior to change their life and uh bitcoin has has a way of doing that but uh you know we got to start with the individuals around us and and it's not just as easy as telling people to buy bitcoin and hold it they have to experience it for themselves. They have to want to change all, all that good stuff that is not necessarily Bitcoin related. 
but uh, it is Bitcoin related once you start to fall down the rabbit hole. Well, uh, I don't know, guys. We've been going on, I think, for close to two hours tonight. So uh, happy St. Paddy's Day to everyone. Does anyone want to get in some last words? Uh, I know I know Nick will shut us shut us out, but uh I know Wynick has, has got something. <laughs> the fucking numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Alright, alright, Nick. Uh let's let's uh let's just get you to end this show and then uh we'll we'll call that the episode. Yeah, uh over under Oh, over under. Oh. We always forget. How could I forget? Um, well, we went over 60k, so we broke that this weekend. Um, I don't know what what uh what should we what should we hit? I am seeing right here 70k. So, I guess I guess we're we're just going to move in uh 10k 69. percentages. <laughs> 69420. 69420. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's the number. We're gonna hit it. Is it gonna be over or under that? Uh, next week, I say under. I I'm say, calling it a push. Gonna, not gonna get that far. I think we're. we're I going think straight to sixty nine four twenty and staying. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I think I'm gonna be bearish this week, guys. I, I I'm not sure if we're going to get that uh that ten k candle. So I'm gonna say under, guys. Wait, yeah. especially after that. NYDIG announcement saying Dude. this week, this week, we're going to see some shit. <laughs> no, don't make me change it, Nick. It's just, I, I'm, I'm traumatized, dude. I, I said over 60K for like a month straight and was wrong. So uh, I'll be, I'll be wrong to the upside. I'll be okay with that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 69420. I'm going to be on top. This is, we're going over for sure. Let's go. Did you say, Justin, you're going to be on top? (laughs) Oh, for 69420? Absolutely. All right. Oh, man. All right. We got got some overs in the chat. Oh, Oh, yeah. The chat's on the screen, so they can, they can see the chat now. Um, all right, we we got Alex Tail with over ninety k. Let's go. All right, all right. So uh, there we go. Wynikus with even. I guess I'm. I guess I'm the bear, guys. You you can shame me for this. No, I'm week. with you. I don't think it'll go that high. Hey, there we go. Yeah, see, Jim's talking sense. I'm not a bulltard <laughs> like Nick over here. You guys aren't running <laughs> the numbers. Uh yeah, dude. I mean, I'd like to get I, there, but I don't think a week. I don't know. We'll see. I well, hope it does. Jim, just send them your article. Send Tim Apple. Oh your yeah, article. send everybody. Sure. <laughs> Mick, uh, we're gonna need some uh, billion dollar buys, dude. Come on. <laughs> put, put, just wait. Which one of you guys is holding out <laughs> on the billion dollar buy? <laughs> which on, one of you guys isn't buying? Come on. <laughs> oh man. All right. Somebody's a trader in the screen. When Tim Apple. <laughs> <laughs> oh man selling us out so good thanks right. for having us again guys all it right. was a pleasure coming Th- in yeah thanks for Thank coming you. out guys uh yeah again happy saint patty's day hopefully you guys uh i mean they, they, we got some europeans in here so 
shouts out to you guys. I know it's late. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Uh, we'll see you next week. Next week we got Nabismo coming in, talking some privacy with us. So definitely come back because it's going to be good. We got some sneak peeks about this one. So uh, night, guys. Uh, Nick, peace out, dude. Jesper, peace out, dude. I'll talk to you in the timeline. Peace.